everybody. I was just listening to one of your recent podcasts where you were talking about uh, the movie Odd Thomas, which is based on a book by Dean Koontz, and I absolutely love that movie. It's actually pretty realistic as far as staying true to the book, um, and it just got me wondering, like, are there any books that you particularly love and would enjoy seeing it adapted either as a TV show or a movie and you know please tell us what they are and uh thanks for all that you do great question i uh, i'm trying to think of one that i haven't talked about as far as books are concerned and adaptations i'm going to stick with one that specifically i know that has been adapted i know there's some that i'd like to be adapted and there's some that are in the works to be adapted or in production hell for a long time but one that i really like is john dies at the end mm-hmm. uh it, it's a fantastic book. It is so much fun by the guy, the the founder of Cracked.com. Like, it's super irreverent, silly, but he's got a really good grasp of intermingling horror within all the humor. And it's pretty blatant humor, but there's some really scary parts, especially when you, if you read that and then you read his, the next book in the series, This Book is Full of Spiders. Mm-hmm. That's that's horror like there's a lot of horror in that one despite like the humor that kind of lightens it up interesting um and the adaptation was pretty good it's a there would have been an almost impossible book to really adapt for all the content that's in the book but i thought they did a pretty good job of nailing the tone whereas you know odd thomas like i had mentioned when i watched it it felt um i'd be interested to read it now uh, and and see thematically how close the source material is to the final product, because something in the editing it felt like it had a pretty serious tonal shift from the opening to the rest of the movie to me, and I felt like John dies at the end was a, a lot more consistent uh, across the board, also with the way the book is. Um, but yeah, there's also a lot of other books that I'd really love to see adapted that we won't get into right now. Zena, uh, how about you? say uh andrew niederman's pen uh the book from 1982 and there's a movie it came out in 1988 mm-hmm. i believe mm-hmm. and whoa um i first saw the movie and the movie shocked me but um yeah. you know <laughs> that's what made me check out the book you know and whoa the book is even more disturbing it will leave uh... you scratching your head for a very <laughs> very long time so i i'm giving you a warning there's there's um incest a lot of it uh so just so you know and it will make you feel very uncomfortable yeah but i mean if you are i'm not gonna say if you are into that no if you (laughs) do like (laughs) if you like suspenseful psychological horror that will honestly keep you on the edge of your seat i feel like this is a um a perfect one for you and i feel like everyone should honestly experience the book at least once especially if you're a fan of the movie and what's cool with the writer which i've recently found this out i just I dived into the rabbit hole of BC Andrews. He was oh, the ghostwriter. Oh yeah. Oh, that yeah. makes so much sense because when you were talking about incest, I was like flowers in the attic. Anybody? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so. that makes so much sense. But yes, yeah, that's that's just one that just came to mind for me. Nice. How about you, Megan? Uh, the ruins. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk. Oh, about them. Yeah. that's a good one. I, I feel like it's. Uh, close enough for the movie to be a pretty good adaptation but it's different enough to make reading the book and watching the movie like both of them are worthwhile because 
they do change up some key details, some definitely change up some order, uh, death order and how people yep. die and stuff. Um, it's really good. And the characters themselves. Yeah. Like there, there's some pretty critical characters in the book that do not take on the same role in the movie. Yeah. There's personality changes. I mean, he wrote Scott Smith that wrote the book and wrote the screenplay. Yep. So, I mean, he, he knew what he was doing he was like, I'm going to change this stuff up and it actually works for the movie. Um, but it also, you know, the book, I really, really, really love the book. There's some, I mean, books always get into some of the gnarly stuff way yeah. more, you know, like incest and pen. Um, <laughs> and I do just want to drop that a couple of upcoming adaptations I'm super Ooh. excited for because I love the books. Um, we've talked about Dark Harvest before. That's like the mm -hmm. 1963 Halloween one. And then uh, probably my favorite book that I've read this year um, so far, even though we're running out of time for this year, is The Devil Takes You Home by Gambino Iglesia. I've... Talked about that one before. That one is both of them. Like Dark Harvest is supposed to come out at some point, and then the other one has an adaptation currently in, in the works. So yeah, cool. And fingers crossed on head full of ghosts. Eventually, but you know we got knock at the cabin. Yep, we got that. So, all right, call two. Peace, dark trio. This is Adam from Calgary, Canada. Big fan of the show. Listen every Wednesday morning on my way to work question this week i'm looking for recommendations for holiday horror i got some time off coming up i'm looking for you guys each to recommend a triple feature the first movie could be more of a comfort watch something a little less obscure something maybe to play while the kids are still up second one a little bit more of a deep dive off the beaten path and then the third one big deep dive the weirder crazier more gonzo the better you know looking for some good stuff to watch Keep it up, guys. You rock. Thanks, Adam. Uh, I, I think we've really established that I am an expert when it comes <laughs> to really like scheduling movies, like setups. Like I should, I should work for Alamo Drafthouse. Obviously, I would have the most tangential picks of all time. <laughs> and I'm gonna go first again. I think this might be the first time I've answered both questions. Mostly because I'm not a holiday horror guy, and I'm afraid that you guys are going to take some of my picks. <laughs> so I'm going to say them first because I don't have backups. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to start with Gremlins. Simple layup. Mm -hmm. Kids recently uh, watched both of them. I uh, had a lot of questions about the first one. Kind of balanced between scary and not scary. They were pretty happy to see Gremlins die. Mm. Like they were way more into seeing the Gremlins die than I thought they were going to be. Like, okay, calm down. Uh, but Gremlins, good for the kids. Uh, and then, uh, not directly Christmas, but it is New Year's, New Year's Evil. Hmm. It is pure 1980s camp strangeness. Uh, I, I don't really hear it mentioned nearly as much with holiday horror. I definitely think that Christmas-themed stuff trumps any, like, New Year's-themed horror. But I really like New Year's Evil. That one really captured me. And then uh, a, a lot darker... Uh, for me, and one that maybe it's just this, i not on Twitter, so maybe people talk about this a lot more, uh, The Lodge. The uh, Lodge. I, I want to fight all those. Uh-huh. The Lodge is dark. Yeah. It is dark and and twisted and manipulative. And as Gina, as Zena said, you're, yeah, you're going to want to fight some people mm -hmm. <laughs> watching that. So, yeah, I feel pretty proud that I was able to pick three. Good job. And now Megan and Zena will have 30 more options. For 30 you. more. Let's start with Megan. No, not 30. Okay. 
<laughs> if we're going kind of fine for the whole family, I'm going to do Batman Returns. And then for more of a deep huh. cut, we're going to slow it down with Soul Survivor. Zena's nice. talked about that one before. Yes. And then for complete gonzo, ho, 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 horror weirdness, um, another wolf cop. Love it. That one's Christmas? Oh, yeah. He puts a Santa hat on his one. wolf penis. <laughs> <laughs> of course he does. All right. How about you, Zena? Okay. So at first, uh, for the first one, I was going to say Jack Frost because I watched that one as a kid. I don't think... <laughs> That is appropriate for kids, um, no, but I watched no. that one as a kid. There is a um, uh, snowman sexual assault scene there. It's uh. horrible, but no. Um, so sticking it like light and stuff, I'm gonna say uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. I feel uh, like that's a, yeah. a great a watch one. for everyone. And then uh, something that's a kind of a little bit of weirdness, but it's more comedic than anything. Uh, Lucky Stiff from 1988. Um, it's uh, about cannibals, so it's hmm. it's a good time. It's more funny, and then something <laughs> that is completely insane: Bloodbeat. You know this movie? Oh yeah, it has yeah everything. This glowing eyeballs, samurai <laughs> warriors, and... samurai ghost on Christmas. What what yeah. other does it get more holiday than that? It's a good time. Yeah. Speaking of good times, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to help us discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hello. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infant love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hey, hey. And I'm John. I'm I've been John. Practicing. <laughs> I've had two that. weeks over for that. Yay, yeah. thank We're you. Back. We're back. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops because you're not disappointed in us for spoiling Barbarian, <laughs> we hope that your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe the things that'll make you smile too. So, Zeno, what's been filling your heart this week? The Columnist. I really enjoy this movie from 2019 on Shudder. I love Shudder. Uh, basically a woman she's an author she's a columnist um, she's flooded with anonymous nasty messages and death threats on social media and one day she has enough so she decides to take revenge um, so she is a little bit obsessed with reading these messages and some of the messages are really just horrible just abusive terrible it's just a fun watch I really enjoy it I'm pretty sure I probably talked about this movie before I think you um, have, it's yeah. very yeah, it's very straight to the point. It sounds a little bit odd, but it's kind of a comfort watch for me because I just love it where it's just, it's kind of like a slow, you see it coming. You mm -hmm. see her trying to control herself, you know, at first. Um, but yeah, it's uh, again, straight to the point. It's bloody. The blood is necessary. And, you know, if you want to watch something fun, I recommend this one. For awesome. anyone who's ever written anything and posted it online, you will understand that the violence is necessary sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at one point, yeah. I was actually a senior columnist for Bleacher Report back before Bleacher Report paid people. And I jumped ship before they started to because, you know, obviously that was a good choice. And uh, I used to write a humor column. And one time I wrote just a humor piece about the Oakland, Ra the, at the time, the Oakland Raiders. Mm -hmm. And the things that were said about my mother oh my God. were pretty terrible. Like this, this was in the humor column oh and it, it was aggressively like mad. Wow. Like, whoa, People, this it's, it's go take mm -hmm. a break. Go outside. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was rough. So, you know, maybe you watch the columnist and be like, good for you. <laughs> it is a good for her. Yeah, it is. 
the next thing I checked out, Deadly Dreams from 1988 on DVD. On Christmas Eve, a little boy named Alex is scarred for life when his parents are gunned down at the home at their home by their father's angry colleague, Perkin. He then hunts the little boy down in the woods. He chases him with a gun, and then the guy's kind of wearing like a mask that's like a wolf mask. Well, it kind of looks like a, a rat mask. I don't know. Years <laughs> later, he's still affected by it. He's tortured. He just has nightmares all the time. He just cannot get past it. His older brother, who wasn't there at the time, he was on his way, you know, when it happened those years ago. You know, he doesn't understand. He tells him to just get over it. He has a friend who may or may not be on coke who tells him the same thing. <laughs> As it's a viewer, possible. we pretty much, we have to figure out if, you know, if he really is seeing the stuff that he's seeing or if he's not. And even though it's like, you think that you kind of know... I don't know. It goes in a different direction. Um, this was a blind buy for me. I would always see the poster and I thought it looked cool. It is available on YouTube for free. Um, I saw the quality. The quality looks okay. Uh, and even though it is like a movie from the 80s and it feels like it's very much like the 80s, there's a serious tone to it. And even like the actors, they do like a really good job, ex especially the leading guy who plays Alex. Um, he did like, wow, he's a great actor. Um, but yeah, if you like 80s slashers, that also have like surprises to it um, throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, I think that you might enjoy this one. Just know that it does have like a slow pace, but it will definitely be worth it in the end. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I watched, uh, I couldn't even, I almost said sea creature, which is actually kind of accurate, but it's she creature uh, from 2001. <laughs> I watched this on DVD. Um, in 1905, Ireland, two carnies abduct a mermaid and decide that they're going to take her overseas to America. But at sea, the seductive and mysterious creature reveals an uncontrollable darker side. This was part of like a Cinemax, um, like made for Cinemax series produced by Stan Winston's production company, um, where they were just kind of not really like remaking 50s horror movies because there's like a 1956 she creature. Um, they're not alike plot wise, but just kind of that. That retro homage riffing on them so there was a few of these that came out i don't think that they did well enough to obviously they didn't do well enough to continue because that's that but uh this um i'm obviously a sucker for aquatic horror especially mermaid horror but this one it's interesting because you got rufus sewell from dark city you have uh mm. carla gugina so it's got a good cast mm. um but it's like kind of a slow burn in the sense where they're on a ship and it's mostly from Carla Gugina's perspective. She's the only other woman on board besides this hostage mermaid. Um, and it's kind of psychological horror for a long time. You know, is mm. she cracked um, or is she cracking because, you know, uh, she's isolated and there's something off with this mermaid or something else. And then it goes full blown creature feature and it's glorious. And I'm so sad that, you know, there was a setup for continuation because the original title was something like she creature chronicles part one or something. Um, I'm cool. sad it never continued. Um, but yeah, I really like it. Um, and then I watched a movie that I am pretty sure that Xena has talked about before, Making Contact. This is a 1985 <laughs> movie that's on Tubi right now. Uh, believing he's communicating with his deceased father, a young boy develops psychic powers where he uses them to try and stop supernatural forces threatening his family and friends, especially a possessed ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> so this is... Uh, 
Roland Emmerich's movie before he kind of jumped over to Hollywood. It is a German-made, English-speaking movie that they shot in the U.S. And I say that because I was watching this movie and realizing that Krispy Kreme Donuts has been around a lot longer than I thought. <laughs> I, I didn't know that they, they didn't come to my neck of the woods until I was probably in high school. So I was like, oh, mm. I want Krispy Kreme. Well, now they're not really around me so much anymore they still exist yeah thanks movie um but this movie is wild because it's uh it says they're aping spielberg you know it's clearly like a mix of poltergeist and et and um close encounters of the third kind and it doesn't make a lot of sense like they Mm -hmm. don't really explain it um it was released over there under joey and apparently that cut is like 20 minutes longer which i don't Mm -hmm. know if that makes it make sense anymore than it does it's really fun even though i don't know why things are happening um (laughs) i also think xena will probably be i I feel like you were probably amused by this dummy because this dummy is like a creepy dummy right that's just like terrorizing him but every time it goes to like zap him or do some kind of telekinetic you know bad juju it makes crazy noises like it doesn't talk a whole (laughs) lot it's always like (laughs) it's yeah it's wild but uh yeah it doesn't make a lot of sense and yet it's still charming so if you like gateway horror like that would definitely be it Better or worse than Mac and Me? Oh, it's better than Mac and Me. Like, it's Roland Emmerich. It's it's directed by Roland Emmerich, who went on to do, like, Stargate and Independence Day. So he's got a good eye for for visuals. Like, it's a good-looking movie. It just doesn't, like, the plot is secondary. Things happen. I feel like all the puppets in the Puppet Master movies didn't talk either. They did the same thing, where there's a lot of, (laughs) eh? Yeah, but this this dummy talks. Like this dummy will talk. Like he'll when oh. he does, it's usually really creepy. Like he will say mm-hmm. some really creepy stuff. But when he's doing powers, apparently he can't just. They want you to know that it's this dummy making the the magic juju <laughs> happen. So they're like, how do we do that? We could wiggle his eyebrows, or we can make him go. <laughs> so that's what they went with. That's my move. <laughs> I've spent the last two weeks revisiting a couple of old classics starting with 1993's the x-files which is available on freebie which is just a free the commercial version of prime now i guess it Mm. used to be imdb tv yeah two fbi agents fox Mulder, the believer and dana scully the skeptic investigate the strange and unexplained while hidden forces work to impede their efforts this isn't really so much a deep cut anymore since they did get rebooted i have not seen any of the reboot I don't know if it was just for, or not reboot, uh, like a new, new chapters. Yeah. yeah, they came back out with at least one new season. I think it was in 2018, I want to say. Yeah. It was oh. fairly recent. I, I still haven't seen the new season of Twin Peaks, so I got to play catch up on that Same. too. <laughs> um, But it, it's kind of funny watching, especially that first season over again, because some of it is like legitimately still good. Like Tombs uh, played by... um. The creepy guy. Uh, what was his name? He's the guy who married that 15-year-old. Yeah, um, I know. Who, Doug Hutchinson? Yeah, Hutchinson. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, super That guy's just, anything he's in, he just has a look where he's just Is that the one where he's beyond what paper? he did in real life. What's that? Is that the one where he's like eating paper and building a nest? 
Yes, he builds yeah, a nest, but yeah. he can like he he basically has like no bones, and he can like fit through like your air conditioning vent and stuff like that's Whoa. The only the, thing that's creeper than that is the lamprey man, which oh, oh boy, you yeah, never look at a public toilet the same way again. Uh, but it's also funny to walk back in like '93, where this was pre a lot of conspiracy theorists talk. Mm-hmm. You know, like this was in a time where. Like Fox is talking about all these UFO conspiracies. And I forgot that the lone gunmen are introduced in the first season. So you have these probably all who are considered just nut jobs by the the general viewing public. And now fast forward to 2022. And all of that's pretty tame theories compared to what's out there now. But it still holds up. It's it's formulaic, you know, regardless of what Dana sees, like or Scully. The next episode, she doesn't believe in any of it. She's like, <laughs> Fox, you really think, like, you just saw, like, aliens in the last episode. Why, how did you forget that? Like, what's going on? We need her, we but, need that scientific mind yeah. to debunk theories. It's, it, it's the balance. Yeah. And, yeah, no, it's just a good series, and it was good, and it was kind of dark. Like, not super dark. Not, like, the next thing I'm going to talk about, but it was just, it, it was such a amazing moment in tv like that's just one of those shows where it's like and then the x-files came out and yeah. it's like never anything like that and it's it's still fun i think it still holds up but it's not as fun to me in a weird way <laughs> as 1996's millennium 96 to 99's millennium on D- which i watched on dvd a former FBI profiler with the ability to look inside the mind of a killer begins working for the mysterious Millennium Group, which investigates serial killers, conspiracies, the occult, and those obsessed with the end of the millennium. Remember when people thought the world was going to end? Yeah. I do. I feel like that's, <laughs> that still happens. Yeah, on a regular basis. I think it's just on, it's been ongoing since Y2K. Oh, yeah. Y2K. I... I I still consider the pilot episode of Millennium to be one of my all-time favorite episodes of television. Because when it came out, you know, it was... The X-Files have been around for a few years. And then this came out. And with and it stars Lance Henriksen, who I is one of my all-time favorites. And it was so dark and gritty. And it... For me, I was thinking about this today. It really, to me, this paved the way for Hannibal, the TV show, to exist. Hmm. Like, I can see kind of the parallels of, like, no, you can make TV really dark. Like, and I don't remember, like, the first episode, like, a, a large part of the pilot episode is them in a peep show. And, like, these girls in, like, a peep show and then, like, being people being buried alive and just this horrible like darkness and it's rainy it's got this very seven vibe it's in seattle it's rainy and dark and but lance hendrickson's character is so amazing because he's got this juxtaposition he's trying to be this good family man and he seems like he is a good family man after he's like had this mental breakdown and he's come back and he's trying to do better because he does try to be happy and then all of a sudden like he sees the worst image as possible when he's associated with these crimes and I feel like that was also ahead of its time. Now it seems like every single TV show has got a profiler. There were no profilers back then. Like this was, and this was more psychic-ish mm-hmm. than scientific, like it, it, more shows are now. But it was another thing where it was a big trendsetter that existed in this really small segment. It only lasted like four seasons. 
there's this really fantastic documentary out there called Beyond. Oh shoot, is it Beyond Millennium or After Millennium? I'm gonna have to look it up. I bought it. <laughs> I don't remember the name of it, but it it was just. It's another thing for me where like if you haven't seen Millennium, it's a huge failure to me that this does not exist in streaming. Like you can't even stream it on Prime right now. You can buy the DVD. I think the Blu-ray is a small fortune. Mm. The the DVDs aren't so bad. Um, so Screenbox, hey, if you want to pick something <laughs> up, try get Millennium. Santa. Just saying. Uh, but I love it. I it's one of those things where I think it just made me like Lance Hendrickson even more. And if you like Hannibal. Like you like that darker, grittier kind of side of things. It's not very happy at any moment during it. I, I highly recommend if you have not seen it, go check out Millennium. I love it. Awesome. All right. Enough of that. Before we move on, what are we watching? How do we watch it? I checked out The Columnist on Shudder and Deadly Dreams on DVD, but it's also available on YouTube. I watched She Creature on DVD and Making Contact on Tubi. And I watched the X Files. I'm watching the X Files, which is available on Freevee, which is on Prime, and uh, Millennium, which I am watching on DVD. And I think I need homework this week. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep watching X Files and Millennium. <laughs> so, if you do already, Zeno, what do you got? Uh, do you mind um, subtitles? Uh, I think I'm okay with it this week because I think we're going to get a blizzard, and I'm going to be stuck at home. <laughs> okay. So know if we did recommend this to you last week i meant to check but then oh no i got a setup so then i didn't um have you seen deadly games i have not that is brand new and it looks like i okay. get me a little holiday horror huh yippee Kaye. deadly games 1989 on and shutter. what's it on shutter yes yeah shutter all right megan how about you have you seen p2 <sighs> what a great i have movie. okay oh. Um, what about it again? (laughs) (laughs) What about Headcount? Ooh, that sounds new to me. What year was it? 2018. I'm pretty sure 2018 Uh or 2017, somewhere. It's it's fairly recent. A group of college student weekend getaway accidentally. So, brand new to me. Headcount 2018. There you go. There are still ones that we haven't watched. Yeah. We'll Evidently, that. there have been more than 600 horror movies made. Who knew? It's crazy. <laughs> Who knew? And they're still going. Uh, sorry, what's that playing on? Uh, you can find that on Tubi. Okay. Yay, Tubi as well. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan brings up a speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? After terrifying audiences with Terrifier back in 2017 and an equally scary segment in the upcoming anthology Satanic Hispanics, filmmaker Demian Mm. Rugna is back with new horror movie When Evil Lurks. It is described as a rural possession thriller. Uh, When Evil Lurks is being co-produced by Shudder and Argentina's La Puerta Roja and Variety is the one that kind of broke this news. Um, They noted that the movie's going to wrap production in early 2023 the plot is uh two brothers they find mutilated corpse near their property and convene with the locals to suss it out they learn that the odd happenings in their village are the cause of a spirit that's found its way into a local man waiting for the proper protocols to rid his body of the festering demon what a what a good pairing of words festering demon uh an escape (laughs) attempt ensues as the film keeps its protagonists on edge racing against imminent danger to shake the spirit's relentless clutch so they released a first a look image um to pair with this news and it's it's 
pretty benign. Like, it doesn't look horror. It's like a girl in pajamas with a dog that looks like it's practically bigger than she is. Um, but really, <clears throat> obviously, the the news is it's like a new Demian Rugna joint, and he can terrify, like, nobody else. I mean, and just one full feature and a segment in an upcoming anthology, like, those things are terrifying. So I'm super curious, and it does at least sound like it's going to be a little bit different than your average possession horror. Mm-hmm. Um, when Evil Lurks will be Shudder's first Spanish-language original. Oh, and awesome. then nice. uh, Brandon Cronenberg, who's previously directed Antiviral and Possessor, is back with a new movie, Infinity Pool, from Neon and Topic Studios, along with a new trailer to go with the news that it's got a movie around the corner. Um, Infinity <laughs> Pool will release in theaters on January 27, 2023, so literally around the corner. It stars Alexander Skarsgård and Mia Goth, who is on a hot drink in horror later. Later? Late, lately? Words. <laughs> They're hard. I'm going back to bed. Uh, in the film, while staying at an isolated island resort, James and M are enjoying a perfect vacation of pristine beaches, exceptional staff, and soaking up the sun. But guided by the seductive and mysterious G- Gabby, they venture outside the resort grounds and find themselves in a culture filled with violence, hedonism, and untold horror. A tragic accident leaves them facing a zero-tolerance policy for crime. Either you'll be execu- executed, or if you're rich enough to afford it, you can watch yourself die instead." Uh, the trailer does look pretty weird. Um, it does look like goth gets to go nuts, which I love. Uh, it will premiere at the Sundance Film Festival very shortly before its theatrical release. Uh, and then probably the big, huge news that dropped last week. Uh, Mike Flanagan and Trevor Macy's Intrepid Pictures is moving from Netflix to Amazon Studios. The duo inked a deal that'll bring their future series projects exclusively to Prime. That means, uh, well, I don't know if that's because of this deal or maybe it's incentive for this deal, but uh, it's bad news for fans of The Midnight Club. That series is not getting another season, even though it was tended to be a multi-season series. Uh, Hmm. For constant readers, though, there's a silver lining. Flanagan revealed that he'll be getting uh, set to climb Stephen King's The Dark Tower. The project, Flanagan noted, exists separately from Intrepid's deal with Amazon Studios at this time. He says he'd be thrilled if Amazon did decide to pick up the Epic Size series. Uh, Mike Flanagan told Deadline, You're the first person we're saying it to, but yes, predating our deal with Amazon, we acquired the rights to The Dark Tower, which, if you know anything about me, you know that has been my holy grail of a project for most of my life. We actually have the the those rights carved out of our Amazon deal, which doesn't mean they can't or won't get behind it at some point. You don't know, but that's something we've been developing ourselves and are really passionate about finally getting it up on its feet at some point. I wrote a pilot. We view it as a series. It's going to going at least five seasons and having lived with this project as long as I have, I have an enormous amount of it worked out in my brain, but I have a pilot script I'm thrilled with and a very detailed outline for the first season and a broader outline for subsequent seasons. So, uh yeah, he goes on and on about his his intentions and how much he's dreamed about this and how he envisioned it, has the shots in mind and yes. So I I feel like that's most people's kind of coveted project for Stephen King, so I'm sure that made a lot of people super excited. Mm-hmm. Uh and you know, Flanagan of course is no stranger to King adaptations. He's done Gerald's Game and Doctor Sleep and yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes with the Dark Tower, but it may happen. 
Yay. I mean, it, it can really only exist as a TV show, right? It, it was pretty bold to think that you were going to make a multi, like a, 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 a movie series franchise. Out of it. Yeah. yeah. It's so much content. The first book alone, trying to encapsulate any of that is crazy. There are entire scenes. There, there's, it is, I mean, and Stephen King said it himself, it is his magnum opus. Like it's, it, it's, a feat unto itself on so many ways, but there are some scenes that I remember I've only read the first book. There are some scenes in the first book that are, it's like poetry. Like I like Stephen King's writing anyway, but it's like, holy crap. Yeah. Like, but because it's so much visual description that trying to bring King to the, any screen is difficult. It, it just is, which is, I think why so many have difficulty bringing it to the screen. Um, but yeah, TV show and I mean, if anyone can do it, though, give it to Mike Flanagan. Yeah. yeah. I just love how passionate he is about it. So I, I just know that it's going to be awesome. Yeah. All right, listeners, your turn. Do you think Mike Flanagan's one to bring justice to the Dark Tower? <sighs> I don't know. I suddenly, I just went to a weird place in my head. So I'm just going to move on. Can you, you can call or text us at 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes. Or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. And that's how John deals with this dark place. He just pushes right through. Oh, good job. Finally, it's going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options. And clue us in what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So Zena, what should we be watching? First, you know, guys, it's kind of sad that 2022 is ending. You know, I feel like this year is just, I mean, we had a an awesome horror year we did have an awesome horror year so i don't know that always makes me happy but you know what 2023 is going to be just incredible um keep that vibe going horror yeah yeah keep it rolling (laughs) so okay uh before i dive in just know that bloody disgusting tv as well as screen box is always available for you. okay I need to find the code. I guess we'll drop in the show notes, but I think there is a three month subscription code right now for 99 oh, yeah, cents yeah, yeah. a month. So, you know, that's check out the show notes. Such a good deal. One of us will do that research and add it to the show notes. Yeah, there you Treat go. Yourself. There you go. Live your life. So, <laughs> so um, by the time this episode is out, this these two movies, well, these three movies will already be available. Um, so, Smile and Slashback will be available on DVD. Um, you can also check out Bones and All on VOD. Yeah. And then on Thursday the 15th, if you are a big fan of David Howard Thornton, you'll want to see The Mean One. This one's still in theaters, and it's also going to be free online, hitting Thursday and a sleepy mountain town. Cindy has her parents murdered and, and her Christmas stolen by a bloodthirsty green figure in a red Santa suit. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> then on Friday the 16th, we have Nanny, which, Megan, you just spoke about that one. Yeah. Um, it's going to be available on Prime Video. And if you are a fan of, or if you're a fan, or if you're in the mood for like sinister Christmas themed horror movies, you'll definitely want to check out the. Aren't we all? (laughs) We are. (laughs) Ah, January can't come fast enough. You'll want to check out The Apology. Uh, This one will be available on Shudder as well as in theaters. 20 years after the disappearance of her daughter, a recovering alcoholic is preparing to host her family's Christmas celebration when her strange ex-brother-in-law arrived unannounced, bearing gifts and heavy secrets. (laughs) Then we have Joe Bob's 
Tide get-together available on Shutter. Joe Bob celebrates Christmas with a drive-in way. Complete the last drive-in's third annual holiday auction with proceeds going to charity. And who knows, this year's double feature might even include Christmas, a Christmas horror too. So it will premiere again on Friday the 16th at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Shutter TV. And then it will be available on demand starting on Sunday the 18th. So just in case if you miss it, you'll be able to like check it out Sunday. Um, And then we have Lullaby. This will be available on VOD, a new mother who discovers a lullaby in an ancient book. Don't you hate when that happens? (laughs) (laughs) Those ancient books really get around, don't they? (laughs) Right? Soon regards the song as a blessing, but her world transforms into a nightmare when the lullaby brings forth the ancient demon Lilith. That sounds exactly like a Chuck uh, Palahniuk book called Lullaby. (laughs) It also reminds me of um, this movie, uh, this Italian movie, uh, Paganini Horror. And I remember talking to you guys about it. Yeah, Yeah, these girls in a rock band, they just sing from this ancient uh, piece of music. Yeah, it's it's satanic. And it's just like, okay, out of all the songs you guys picked, you know. As one (laughs) as want to do. Then, uh, finally, on Tuesday, the 20th, uh, we have The Loneliest Boy in the World. It'll be available on DVD. This one is like a modern-day fairy tale, but with zombies. Uh, So I have to recommend it, you know. But the only thing is, it's very, again, it's very whimsical and, you know, it has a very cool set design. What's that? Tim Burton-esque. Yes, it is. It is. The only thing is, I don't know, it kind of just made me more sad than anything. So, yeah, hmm. but it, it's still, you know, it's still a pretty cool movie. So, yeah, guys, that's all. And that's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at Haunted Meg. Xena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com and YouTube channel of the same name or at Lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BDisgustingPod or drop us an email at BDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.